June 29th, 2023. We're in Masechet Beitza and Daf Lamed Amud Bet. If you count up from the bottom of the Amud, seven lines. Uh, the second word on the line, that's where we'll begin. Says the Gemara, Umay Shena Meha de Itmar, Hifrish Shiva Etrogim, the Shiva Yamim. Amarav Kolahat Vehat Yoseba Veochla Le Altar. Veravase Amar Kolahat Yoseba Veochla Le Mahar. So the Gemara, starting with those, those words, Umay Shena, is clear to us, it's asking a question. Mai Shena, Mashone, why is this case different then? Uh, well, what case were we dealing with? We were dealing with a situation where the wood of the sukkah, even when it's a sukkah which is rickety and falls down on sukkot, there are particular and specific halachot with regards to benefiting and using the wood of the sukkah as firewood. And most specifically and importantly is that the Beraita told us, according to our understanding, the only way in which, according to the majority opinion or the opinion against Rabbi Shimon, it would be permitted to benefit, and it's not considered mukseh, is if you made a condition beforehand. Uh, so again, let's understand that and appreciate that. It means that when Sukkot begins and I've built my Sukkah, I'm not allowed to benefit from the wood of the Sukkah. The only way in which the benefit from the wood of the Sukkah would be a reality is if I made a condition beforehand, of course it falls down over the course of the holiday. In other words, I didn't do on Yom Tob, Melechet Setira. Uh, but wait a second, says the Gemara. We have a paradigm albeit in a dirabanan situation where the prohibition is only rabbinic, but we do have a paradigm for making a condition daily. What do I mean by that? Well, we have several mitzvot on Sukkot. We have not only sukkah, we have the mitzvah of etrog and lulav as well. And although the, etro, the lulav and the hadasim and the aravot, the benefit may be smelling it or something of that sort. When we talk about the etrog, you can turn the etrog into jelly. You could use the etrog as flavoring in your food. Uh, could you, and the answer is uh, quite certainly yes, says this uh, statement of the Tuei Moraim, could you make a condition daily on the etrog? I have seven etrogim entering into the holiday of Sukkot. Saved up my money. I determined I'm going to do this nicely. I'll use it each day for the mitzvah. And then when I finish with that, I'll enjoy the etrog. Now prior to using it for the mitzvah, it's going to be mukseh. What does mukseh mean again? It's huksal mitzvato. It's set apart and designated to be used as the mitzvah of etrog. It's for that reason people are familiar with. Over the course of the holiday of, of Sukkot, even when Sukkot finishes, or when you, not finishes, when you used it for the last time your etrog, you're still not benefiting from the etrog. It's only when it, Sukkot finishes. Uh, however, I've designated this as being my, my etrog. I'm going to use this as my mitzvah, and as a result, mukseh. What I can do nonetheless is, says this statement in the Gemara, one of two opinions, but at the very least, we'll talk about the particulars in a second, I can make conditions daily. I have seven separate etrogim. I say, this one's for day one. I finish using the etrog on day one. I can now eat it. I can now turn it into jelly. Or alternatively, I wait until the nighttime and the next day and I turn it into jelly. Uh, next day, new etrog. Asur, not allowed to get benefit from. Why? Mukseh, similar to sukkah. Sukkah had a pasuk in the Torah. Over here, it's called huksal mitzvato. It's designated specifically for the mitzvah. Again, I make a condition. I'm using this for day two. Day two, I use it, and then either immediately afterwards or that night, I can use it. But we have a condition which is effective 
to make it permissible either immediately after usage or after the day of usage when it comes to etrog, whereas by sukkah there was no such concept. Why do we distinguish? That's the side question of the Gemara. No different. At the end of the day, the halakha is, it's called huksa. Right, you're thinking about mukseh like a Shabbat and Yom Tov mukseh. Over here, it's huksa le mitzvato. It's designated as the mitzvah, right? It's exactly the question of the Gemara. The question of the Gemara is why can't I, and we know we can't. We had a dirasha from a pasuk earlier. We understood that once it's a sukkah, it's a sukkah throughout the holiday. Why can't I make a stipulation? Why can't I do that? Clearly I can't. Now, on Chola Mo'ed, I might not have that, number one. Number two, if it falls down, I don't have Melech Yitzitira, which is really what we were dealing with until now. So why are we distinguishing what's clear now? You could immediately say, well, wait a second, hold up. When it comes to Sukkah, I have a Pasuk in the Torah, one of two ways of reading the Pasuk. Either Hag HaSukot, which we explained yesterday, it's similar to Korban Hagiga, or Lashem, the mention of God's name. That's what tells me it's Aswatzini. So from the Torah, it's, it's biblical in nature. This is rabbinic in nature. That's why when it comes to the rabbinic in nature, we're more lenient. When it comes to the biblical, so it seems to be this, the direction of the Gemara's. Lulav is a mitzvah from the Torah, first and foremost, at the very least on day one. But, on day one, but we're suggesting this even for day one. The isur of hana'ah, the prohibition, the restriction of getting benefit is only rabbinic, right? From the Torah, when it comes to sukkah, it's asur from the Torah. When it comes to lulav, it's rabbinic in nature. This was designated. From the Torah, it's asur because so Jesse, as a matter of fact, makes the opposite argument. He says, not only am I'm not going far enough, not only is it only rabbinic, he says it's, in his eyes, it's contradicting the Torah. The Torah says this is for you. Okay, so clearly the rabbis understand Lachem differently. The first Mishnah, Daf Kaftet, in the third chapter of Masechet Sukkah, is that it has to be your own, and it can't be stolen, it can't be borrowed. So that's how we do Lachem. But at the very least, why doesn't the Gemara say, what are you talking about? One's the Rabbanam, one's the Oraita. What seems to be underlying this, the Gemara's assumption over here, and its question is that when you have a rabbinic restriction, oftentimes, if not always, it'll be Ke'en de Oraita. It'll be modeled after the Isur Min HaTorah. I'm dealing with the holiday of Sukkot. I have Sukkah and I have Lulav. You're going to tell me the Torah says Sukkah is Asur all seven days. Without a good reason to distinguish, the rabbi said, but Lulav and Etrog are a daily thing. Hard to, hard to just accept unless we have a rationale. So that's the question of the Gemara. So again, re- go ahead. So you want to know on the first day, what are you asking? Certainly. In terms of the, in terms of the mitzvah, that's in terms of the mitzvah of performance. Because of Zechel HaMikdash, Takanada Bani Yohanan Ben Zakat. But ultimately speaking, the Isur Hana'ah is also Midrabana. You're arguing, and you're right, is that the performance of the mitzvah throughout after day one is only Midrabana. But even on day one, the prohibition of getting benefit from that etrog is only Midrabana. Right. So that being the case, that's the question of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Umay How is this different? To what we mentioned? Why is it different by Sukkah Meha from this Itmar about which it was said in the Midrash? Here was the case in the Midrash that they addressed. Hifrish. If you separated Shiva Etrogim Tayamim, you had seven separate Etrogs for seven separate days. Why would you be doing so? Again, you have in mind. I'm going to have an 
beautiful double usage of each one of these etrogim. Not only will I use it for the mitzvah, I'll afterwards eat from it. There's something beautiful to be said for that. Matter of fact, Shohan Aruch records a, a minhag to use on Motzei Shabbat, Hadassim that you used for your etrog and lulav. In other words, for your abat aminim, for the besamim. What's that? No, you don't need to you don't need to eat it ever. You don't need to eat it ever. I'm interested in doing so. I'm suggesting the reason you would want to do so is I had a mitzvah and now I want to bundle it into a further benefit. I mean there's something beautiful to be said for that. I found the spiritual aspect and I transformed it into a physical involvement in my life. Oh, there's something beautiful with regards to that. There's a minhag samashkenazim have as well to save the lulav itself, not the hadasim, not the aravot, and to burn on Pesach, right? And to even do the bidikat hametz, my in-laws do with it as well. In other words, what they're doing is they're taking it and they're bundling it into either a physical or a spiritual second usage. I mean, but that's the question, I, that's my imagination as to why someone would want to do this. Otherwise, uh, why do you need so many etrogim? And it's to say, again, so hifri shiva etrogim, and also there's a technical mahloket, but it amounts to, for our purposes, the same thing, that you're allowed to benefit from it afterward. Or what's the technical mahloket and dispute between Rav and Ravaseh? Le'altar means immediately. According to Rav, the way it works is I do my mitzvah, netilat, lulav, and then hand the etrog to my child and say, go home, give it to mommy, and let her make uh, jam out of this. It can be immediately used. Ravaseh agrees that you're allowed to get benefit afterwards, but you have to wait until the next day. What's the mahlokit, the technical mahlokit between the two? Well, I'm dealing with even that. You're on Tosafot. I'm in Ravaseh and Rav. Ravaseh and Rav are only disagreeing about daily. Can I immediately use it or until the next day? They have a mahlokit, Rashi suggests. Once I'm now designating it for the mitzvah, does the whole day define this mitzvah? Or does the moment of performance of the mitzvah define it? Do you follow? In other words, is it the moment as I perform the mitzvah, that, that moment, this is huksal mitzvah to, this is designated for the mitzvah, finish the mitzvah, I can now benefit from it. Alternatively, I say, no, 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 huksal mitzvah to for the whole day. I look at the whole day as the unit when I'm performing this mitzvah. Uh, that's the, until the next day. That's, that's Ravaseh's suggestion. No, is that, yes, that's certainly clear. Ravaseh says until nightfall. Rav says until immediately afterwards. Again, fundamentally, the Gemara is only questioning, not those two opinions. That's a side point. It's the fact that each of them agree and submit to the fact that after performing the mitzvah, provided I made the condition before and I can now benefit. No such thing when it comes to a sukkah in that sense. Why not? What's the difference between lulav and, it, and sukkah? Is it, or etrog and sukkah? What's that? It's a sukkah re'ulan. I made a condition on it and it did fall. The old, I addressed that. I said we're doing kol derabanan ke'in de'oraita tikkun. It has to be. But ultimately speaking, all that we lack. What do you mean? That's the way the Aharonim learn the Gemara. There's no other way to learn the Gemara. Otherwise, it's a simple answer. You have to, you have to argue that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what the simple emergence from our Gemara is, no. Uh, we'll have to address yeah, halakha ma'asa separately. What about those guys that drive around with mobile sukkot? You're also reappropriating for the mitzvah of sukkah as opposed to benefit for yourself. You're not taking away from the kedushat the mitzvah. You can't use the etrog on sukkot for besamim. Correct. Correct. Unless you made a condition that you're now going to be using another one throughout the holiday, you can't. It's uksal mitzvah toch. So, but you're allowed to smell the ring of Beracha if the first day? After the holiday. The whole holiday. That's what we do until, until the end of the holiday. So, one was a part of a structure, Sukkah was a part of a structure, and one is a metal it's, it's an item that's just easily handled, handleable. And we can never be mistaken that it was actually, that I'm using something that was part of, part of a structure or. That's not the issue. The issue is not only the huksa le'isur, it's huksa le'misvato. And that's what the Gemara is asking. The Gemara is not on the huksa le'isur, because we're talking about a sukkah re'u'ah. Right? Huksa, mukseh mehamat isur means that I wouldn't be able to bring it down, and as a result it's asur. No, I'm omed umitzapeh, I realize it's going to fall down. There's no mukseh mehamat isur. So the only co- the common denominator here is that they're both mukseh mehamat mitzvah. Since you're supposed to perform a mitzvah, that's what's oseret. The distinction is one's deoraita, one's derabbanan. And the other one's going to be my fire in order to bring me food. Shofar is a bit different because you're not getting a hana'ah from the gufa davar. Because the mitzvah is the shimi'ah, says Harambam, is the, is the kol and kol en bo mi'ilah. That's, that's the way you distinguish it. Says the Gemara, what's the answer to this distinction? Answers the Gemara, answers the Gemara, hatam means over there, de mafseku lelot miyamim kol had vehad yoma mitzvah be'apenafshehu. Hachad elam mafseku lelot miyamim kullehu so just the Gemara, here's the distinction. Think about these mitzvot. The halakha with regards to lulav and etrog is they're only performed as a mitzvah during the daytime. Either because the pasuk says, ukahtem lachem bayom harishon, that's shitav hachamim, or as Rabbi Ezer is doresh, because it says afterwards, usmachtem lifniadonaydochem shivat yamim. Either way, both times, with regards to Arba'at Aminim, the Torah says Yom or Yamim, only done during the day. Sukkah, quite the opposite. Primary function of the Sukkah, the Mitzvah Minat Torah, is at night. Oh, that being the case, when it comes to Sukkah, I step back and I look at the holiday and I say, the entire holiday is Ke Yoma Hada Arichta Dameh. It's like one long day. Now, it's not actually one long day, but with regards to... With regards to the Kiddushah of the Mukseh Mehamat Mitzvah, I say it's all one Mitzvah. There's no stipulation in breaking in the middle. It doesn't break in the middle. There's no break to say at this point I stopped and now it's permitted. When it comes to Lulav and Etrog alternatively, since I don't perform it at night, since it can't be fulfilled at night, each night is quote-unquote the opportunity to break and to say, well now I'm reappropriating it. That's what the Gemara says. Again, says the Gemara Hatam over there when it comes to Lulav and Etrog, de mafseku, hafsaka means to stop. 
There's a breakage, lelot miyamim, nights and days. Night is, is void of mitzvat etrog. Daytimes are hayav beetrog velulav. Kol had vehad, every single day is seen. Kol had vehad yoma, each day is seen. Mitzvah be'apeh nafshehu. So to speak, its own mitzvah. Hacha, over here, alternatively. De la mafseku lelot miyamim. Where there's no hefsek, there's no distinction between uh, nights and days. Kulehu yomeh. We look at all those days as if, for the matter of Mukseh, it's one long day. We have, have that's right, we have a fulfill, we have an obligation if I'm eating or sleeping to be in the Sukkah. All throughout the holiday. Since it's chal at every single 24 Since hours, the halot mitzvah is relevant at all times, not that there's an obligation per se, but there's relevancy during the entire time. If I want to do this, that's the suggestion. Well, we also know that I can shake the lulav and be yotzeh my mitzvah. Not at night, that's the point. Not at night. Not at night. You can shake and be yotzeh without the no fulfillment at night. There's no makeup in the night. There's no makeup. Correct. Correct. Now, Rav Aseh, who says, Ochla le Mahar, you're asking on Rav or on Rav Aseh? Because he says you have to wait for the next, next day. day. So it's really on Rav, actually. Right. So Jesse then is asking on Rav. Rav's opinion was, that kol had, each time you perform the mitzvah, you can then eat it immediately afterwards. Because you can eat it immediately afterwards, I thought you need to wait until the break point. No, no so, but immediately afterwards, when the, but if you did the mitzvah, there's no more mitzvah that's halal. Correct. Rav would argue, contrary to Rav Asil, is that although the mitzvah exists, for me, it's not hovering above any longer. And since it's not hovering above any longer, it's, it's in turn, I exempted myself. That's the He could, but he's not, he's not per se fulfilling any longer. He fulfilled the mitzvah. Now, Alan, uh, uh, excuse me, Eli Belganim did point out that on every day you make a separate beracha, and every time you sit in the sukkah. That's the answer. And however, the Gemara is calling it Yoma Arichta. It's as if it's one long day, Eli. So that's your question. So the answer to that question is nobody's arguing that you don't have a separate fulfillment each time you do that in the Sukkah. We are arguing that with regards to conceptually saying, was there a break in the action, so to speak? Uh, there is no break in the action. So. I, it's not a simple, you're asking an, an important question, and by extension, you have this type of question, it's, it's somewhat related, when it comes to Pesach, I fulfilled the mitzvah on the first day, I don't make a beracha the rest of the holiday. Isn't there something that's being told to me by the way the rabbis established this, that I'm making a separate beracha? Isn't that somewhat contradictory? Clearly the Gemara believes that I nonetheless, with regards to this Huksala mitzvah reference, it's one long and continuous time of obligation. Sure. Now you'll understand that, says Eli, by Lulav. You'll have difficulty by Sukkah if you're telling me I conceptually see it all as one. All right, that being the case. Go ahead. In the Lulav, the Bar, the scene gets thrown out. What do we burn? Not burn. What wounds? And you have to replace. Why are you not replacing the holiday? 
Why you allowed to replace them? The issue here is not about taking them out. The issue is about getting benefit from them. No, but now I have to. Why is that muksa? The ones that I'm taking out. You're not using them. I'm not using them. You're right. I can't burn them. No, can't burn them. I mean, unless you tell me that they're now no longer relevant for the mitzvah, so then they're then they're pasul. So you know they lost it in that respect. But if they're still raui le mitzvah, no, I mean the. Yeah, the the hukzal mitzvah too. If if you stipulated, if you did it in such a way, I don't know that you could just do it. The Gemara is talking about being matne and doing it in such well, a way. So, so mafia on that, like every time you walk in, like no, don't. All right, continues, con- let, let's continue to the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah continues to develop these halachot with regards to mukzeh. And if you recall, our last Mishnah was talking about, as was the Mishnah before that, uh, we're trying to define and be clear with regards to what's prepared and what's not prepared. The concept of mukzeh, by definition, means what's on my mind and has been prepared in my mind as usable, as relevant to me on the holiday upon the moments of entrance into the holiday. So how do I define that? So you could say it's all subjective. The hachamim tried to give certain objective qualifications. In this situation, everybody has their mind on it. In that situation, nobody has their mind on it unless you explicitly state so. Uh, what type of issues are we dealing with? The following. min I remind you again that bringing wood, although very less, if not entirely irrelevant to us today, was once fully and completely relevant even 80, 90 years ago. Right? Was this, these were halakhot which were exceptionally important, which today, I mean, how much do we use firewood at all for unless you have a fireplace and you're really using logs that were, okay. Anyway, again, what if the, the wood was out in your field? And, uh, and field over here means like your front yard or your backyard, not a specific place which is closed off, but just your yard in the front or back of your house. In such a circumstance, you can bring in on the holiday to use that wood even though you didn't expli- explicitly designate it beforehand, min ha-mechunas, provided that that wood was mechunas. Lechnis, kenisa, means to enter. Over here, mechunas means they were entered together. You piled them mindfully as one. Now, when you pile wood together, you're clearly making a statement without your words, but with your actions, that wood will be used for lighting a fire. As a result, we consider that mukhan and not mukseh. Why not? No, it sounds like it should be mukseh, though. Quite the opposite. But that's exact, you're saying the words. My osar is my safe deposit box in today's day and age, right? Safe deposit box, you got to go through a whole thing in order to get there. Nobody's thinking, I don't even know if I, we don't have one. I mean, I, but if you had a safe deposit box, I'm sure you do. Right? Safe deposit, you, you think about your items, I don't know. I don't know, you're old school. Uh, safe deposit box, um, the items that are in it, that's not on your mind that's easily accessible, that that's something I'm going to be using tomorrow or the next day. That's the otzah, that's the storehouse for my, my wood. If, it's not scattered, quite the opposite. If it was scattered, it wouldn't be. It's that it's collected, it's clear. Okay, but specifically, umin ha-karpef afilu min ha 
You see, here's where we have a contrast. Even if it's scattered, provided that it's in a place called the Karpef. Karpef is a reference to an area, which is, we're going to define it in a moment, locked up. It's a separate area, which has a lock and entrance and not easily accessible. In such a circumstance, even if it's scattered, but the fact that it's there, in my mind is, I can go in and get it at any point. That's right, it's one spot. It's the, it's the parallel to collecting it in my field. Uh, says, the, says the Mishnah, now define for me, not in general, but for our purposes of Mukseh, what's a karpif? Ezehu karpif, kol shesamuch la'ir. The statement uh, initially of divrer bihuda is anything that's close to the city. Define close to the city. Hard. Nothing objective over here. Rashi, samuch la'ir, one word. Mamash. Says Rashi, it's got to really be close. Why is Rashi saying that? If you were to learn, turn to the back of the Gemara, Rosh in Siman Gimal has an alternative vision with regards to this. He says, Samuch La'ir means, not per se that it's right outside of the city, the way once upon a time, and you can see this in old cities, they would have the gate of the city and then they'd have a migrash, they'd have a field outside of it. I think it was strategic for several reasons, not, none the least of, of, of protection. You see the troops coming. And according to Rosh, you could put it at the end of that. It was a specific measurement of 70 amma and a bit. You could put it at the end of that, your karpif. According to Rashi's interpretation, it has to be a lot closer. Either way. The karpif over here. Again, keep in mind, it's, it's within a place that's certainly carrying uh, accessible. It's within the home, no question. The question is how close it is to you with regards to your mindset. That's the issue over here, right? In other words, what is defined as a protected area that's accessible? Can't be so far and inaccessible, then the assumption is before the holiday. My mind was not on it. That's the opinion of Rabbi. First one is your private gathering, the other one's public. Both, both private. A question of how accessible, though, is it? Is it locked to the extent that even if it's spread out, it's kind of all there, or is it unlocked and open to the elements and to anyone else to enter and take it? In the first, the second one is surrounded. The first is not. That's the difference. Karpef is surrounded. Gathered, correct. The gathering of the wood is the identical halakha as the gathering of the gates. Correct. But they're both your one's in your backyard, maybe, and the other one is in your your, your gathering area. Rabbi Yosei alternatively says, well, at the very least, he says explicitly, there needs to be a key, there needs to be a uh, a lock in order to access it. And uh, once you have that, says Rabbi Yosei, it could even be really far away. That in and of itself gives you the mindset that this is in my mind, in, my, in the parameters of my vision with regards to usage on the holiday. How would you carry it? How would you bring it? I don't know. I don't know. So you don't need it. This, this is going to be Alan Mala's opportunity to tell us to all start working out. You'd carry it, it wouldn't be strenuous. you carry it. Um, Yom Tov. Yom Tov. What are you using the wood for on Shabbat? That the only way the wood would be no, no, no. Now that being the case, Tosafot, however, Tosafot at the top left-hand corner wonders something else. Says, "I'll accept as Rashi does that the issue in our Mishnah in making it symmetrical with the last Mishnayot is an issue of Mukseh, 
And maybe we have something more stringent, more severe over here. What would that be? It would be a melacha called melechet me'amer. One of the 39 melachot, perhaps the least known one, maybe, is melechet me'amer. Me'amer means to gather and to make piles. It's, as a matter of fact, one of the opinions in the Gemara, that's what the Mikkoshesh Etim, the famous individual who on Shabbat violated when we were in the desert, what was he doing? He was gathering wood. What's the issue of gathering wood? Melechet me'amer, to gather wood. Says Tosafot, wait a second, what's that? To gather, excuse me. Over there he was Mikkoshesh Etim, over here were wood as well. Mina Karpev says Tosafot at the top left-hand corner, Vafilu mina mefuzar, tema. That was a question with regards to when it's in the karpef and it's mifuzar and it's spread out. Ha, have me'amir. Isn't this a melacha known as me'amir? Dehu av melacha. That's uh, one of the primary 39 melachot. You can and should be, if you're taking this very seriously already, your heart should be beating. If that's considered me'amir, it means every time I'm at the table and I collect, uh, I don't know, the salt shakers, me'amir. Anytime I collect books on Shabbat, me'amir. Effectively, the question of tosafot would apply to all those cases. You might distinguish, it's only by gedule karka, things that are grown from the ground. Okay, so I gathered uh, some pieces of bread at the table, me'amir. Uh, really? I gathered a few fruits. Me'amed. Says Tosafot. It's very important for this reason. That this Tosafot, who based themselves on a Gemara, but it's never explicit, uh, are the reason why nobody knows about Melech Ma'amed. Why it's not relevant to us for all intents and purposes today. V'yosh lomar, de lo shayach imur ela b'makom shigedelim sham kedmuchach b'perek elal gadol. Suggest Tosafot, the only time Melechet Me'amed, imur, is relevant is in the place where the items were grown. Comparing it to the time of the Mishkan and the construction and the usage of such matters, they collected after cutting and sifting in the field at the place where it was grown. As a result, the suggestion is Melechid Me'amer is only relevant b'makom gidulam. That's why, that's why, says Tosafot, this is not relevant. This is, at this point, it's already collected and moved to the Karpef, which is not Makom Gidu, which in turn is relevant to you and me today. We don't have Me'amer because we're not growing the fruits, vegetables, bread, or anything at our table or even in our backyards. All right, that's what you have with regards to this matter. Why does Tosafot assume Melechet Me'amer would be a problem, Morris, on Yom Tov? Don't we say that mitoch sheutra lesorech ochel nefesh hutar lechol davar? Don't we say that once melachot said again? Says Jared, I thought Morris would, would trigger it. Tosafot at the beginning of our masechet said that the only melachot which are permitted on Yom Tov, the only melachot which are permitted on Yom Tov because it's for the benefit of the day, are from, on the list of the 39 melachot, from lisha va'elach. Lisha is the kneading of the dough. Which means to say, if you go through the Mishnah, Dafa'in Gimal, Masechet Shabbat, if you think about the different melachot, there's a certain process. Uh, the process starts with seeding the ground and plowing the ground and cutting. All of those melachot are not permitted on Yom Tov. It's only from lisha from the kneading of the bread when you're actually engaged in the production of the food in the real sense and onward. Me'amer is a lot beforehand. If this was Melechet Me'amer, there would be no permissibility is what Tosafot is telling us. Okay, the Gemara begins now. So again, what we have in our Mishnah, we had two cases of permissibility, two cases of heter with regards to the wood from the field being considered, what's the key word? Mukhan and not mukzeh. What are they? Either it's mechunas, it's gathered, it's piled in my 
Shadeh, or alternatively, even if it's Mefuzar, it's scattered, but it's in my Karpef. Discussion about how to define Karpef. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, quote, En mevi'in etzim ela min hamechunasim sheba Karpef. Uh, says this statement of Rav Yudan, in the name of Shemuel, something somewhat surprising, quite a stringency. The only time the wood is considered not mukseh, but rather mukhan for Shabbat, for Yom Tob, is in the circumstance where I have a double positive, or you might call it a double negative. It's number one gathered and not scattered, and number two, in the enclosed specific area as opposed to just in my field, front or back. You need both. Oh, that's a fascinating statement. It runs counter to everything we learned in our Mishnah. Uh, but that's his statement. And he's a rabbi from time the Gemara. He can't be and wouldn't be more stringent than the Mishnah if he didn't have something to hang his hat on and to say, this is why I believe this, but he's going against the Mishnah. Amar of Yehudah What's that? Very difficult to do so. Uh, very difficult to read it like that, Mars. Says the Gemara, but Anan, we, Tenan, learned in the Mishnah, quote, The Mishnah does say that you can take from the karpef, and maybe Mars, that's why we quote those words, by the way, because you can't read those words two ways. Um, you can take from the, uh, the gathered area, so to speak, the karpef, the area which is enclosed, even if it's mifuzar, even if it's spread out. You see, you don't need the double positive. You don't need two circumstances to be in place in order to permit it. It doesn't uh, need to be bundled together. It doesn't need to be bundled and in the karpef. Says the Gemara, matnitin yehida'ahi. Uh, Shemuel would argue that our Mishnah is Yehida'ah. You see in the word Yehida'ah, the word Yahid. Yahid means singular, which means to say he will in a moment, perhaps we'll learn it tomorrow, but in a moment he will, Shemuel, cite a Beraita. And that Beraita will have a particular opinion of Bishimon ben Elazar. We'll see his reading of what we didn't know was a mahloket, a dispute between Beit Shammai and Beit Hilel. The suggestion of Shemuel will be his reading is our Mishnah. The majority opinion, which didn't meet the eye, we haven't heard the majority opinion, thinks otherwise. In other words, to state it other, in a different way, you walk into the room and in the, I'm in the middle of the class and I make a statement. I said, but Rabbi, I was in the, the knees down the block and they say differently. So let me tell you, the rabbi down the block is a yahid, he's an individual. Me, I'm presenting the majority opinion. That's what the Gemara is online and in place uh, to say in the next few lines in the Gemara over here. That's the suggestion to support and to defend Shemuel. Baruch